The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Judeans began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. This one has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends, whether or not you have noticed it, if you've been with us these past many weeks of the summer, we have been on this journey, this summer journey, through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, this young Christian community at Ephesus. This letter is one of my favorites of Paul's, despite his very sometimes troublesome theology, in part because of his ability to share some very important ideas, some very important theology with Christian communities, very vulnerable young Christian communities, but also I appreciate his letters because of the powerful prayers that he shares with and for them. In fact, my absolute favorite prayer occurred in the lectionary just a few weeks ago. We had it in our reading during worship, the third chapter, verses 14 through 21. It shared within it those stirring words about the love of God that Paul prays about that is high and deep and wide. And now we are all together learning what it means to live out that prayer, knowing full well that it is not an easy text. Our focus today is on this excerpt from the second half of Paul's letter to this Christian community, where he challenges them to live out what he has prayed for them. Paul is in the middle of an excellent oration on the importance of unity in the community of followers of Jesus. And with all of the excerpts from this letter the past few weeks, it's really surprising that we have yet to draw attention to the importance of unity until now. 
Because everything about Jesus and his ministry sought unity, even in the midst of division. Even if that was division that he himself was creating because of what he was saying. And Paul, as a faithful disciple, strived for the same thing. His entire ministry was about bringing people together despite all of the circumstances that separated them, be it disease, culture, or politics. And much to their dismay, the world was fraught with reasons to be divided. And the world is still fraught today with many reasons for us to be divided. But as followers of Jesus, we are to imitate him. Paul makes this clear at the end of this passage today. The first verse of chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children, live in love. As Christ loved and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This doesn't mean, though, that we are called to be perfect or that we are called to sacrifice ourselves as Jesus did. As we like to say, Jesus was the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. Rather, we should just trust that the Spirit can work in our lives so that the action and attitudes that we embody genuinely reflect the love and the forgiveness that we have received through Jesus' death and resurrection. God can work through the tension of our imperfections, because we all have them, myself included, to bring about unity in this world. Living in a pandemic has taught us that we have the ability for that more than we thought, despite political unrest in so many different countries in the world. And the first verse of this passage from Ephesians makes it sound like Christian community is living in unity in a Christian community is an easy thing. Like something that we need only tell children to do, and once you learn it, you know how to do it and to live it out for the rest of your life. But that is what is truly striking here. Because in the very next verse, Paul makes the point that as members of one community, it doesn't make sense that we lie to and about one another, but we still do it, don't we? It still happens that disunity, that betrayal, that hate still happens even in Christian communities. Jesus' life and ministry exhibited quite clearly that unity and community should be the very basis for moral behavior in our lives, not just in this building on Sunday morning, but every day of the week in every community that we consider ourselves a part of. Therefore, we should be the biggest proponents of easily and unequivocally getting rid of hate speech in any form, in how in our Christian communities, certainly, but everywhere we go in the world as well. But sadly, it's not as easy as it sounds because of what has been ingrained in us, in our cultures that we all come from for centuries. And not so surprisingly, it is, isn't very often something that we have to tell our kids when we gather to not use things like hate speech. 
I haven't had to do it with any of the youth groups that I've worked with over the years I've been in ministry. It's been remarkable to see how much youth are innocent in this regard until they are exposed to it, whether in their own community or on a world scale. Because even in their young lives, many of them know things, they know about hate and they have been experienced hate speech in their young lives, and this is a very sad reality. Whether because they've been victimized by it because of the way that they look or the people they choose to love, they know it all too well. They know that terrible hate, things like hate speech have no place in Christian community because of the love they have experienced in Christian community, even without us telling them. Children and their leaders trust in the Spirit to guide in their experiences together that they will faithfully answer Paul's call to live in love, to answer Jesus' call to live in love. I just want to share some quick stories from my time serving in previous calls in previous congregations that have become fundamental motivators for my own efforts in promoting unity in this world. They are stories that embody Paul's encouragement to live out love and unity that we have received through Jesus. The first one comes from a group with some vacation Bible school children. This is a tradition in many congregations in the United States in the summer where kids come together for a week of like camp at church where they spend the majority of the day learning in faith formation, learning about what it means to live out the love of God. Their story come, doesn't even come from the scheduled program time either, because this was a small uh, community, uh, Christian community, yes, but a small community of people of only about five or 6,000 people. Our children that came to this vacation Bible school uh, weren't all from our congregation, but still they wanted to be a part of this week of faith formation with us. It wasn't even during the program time that some of the children chose to remain after when the program had ended for the day of their own will. Nobody asked them to do it. The children wanted to stay and to help us clean up and reset for the next day. Children we know in their juvenile state can be a little bit self-centered, not thinking about things like this normally and what it means to show love without being asked for it. But the majority of these kids of their own will, of their own ambition, offer to stay and to help clean up after the craziness, the crazy fun of the day, and to reset for the next day. And the community was really just one, where we could have chosen, the kids could have chosen to move on to kind of forget about all the mess they had made that day, but instead stayed and remained and helped us to clean up. And the next story came from a little bit older group of, of youth at the congregation I was serving when we attended this ELCA youth gathering, that is our Lutheran church body in America. They have a triennial gathering of high school Lutheran youth in, all around the U.S. for a week-long event that is centered around worship, faith formation, and service. And again, I have so many sharing stories that I could share from that experience that embody Christian community, but the best examples come when they happen organically. 
We did a lot of service uh, projects during that week, but there was one uh, around uh, some flood relief, some flood cleaning that we did with a woman, who, an elderly woman who was uh, single, who was widowed, um, who had, was really just on her own. The program for the day was supposed to be around helping to clean out uh, her house because it had been flooded and to, to do the work of reconstruction. And that work was all good. We did a lot in the day that we spent with her, but the most true form of unity came when some of our youth were visiting with this woman and began singing songs with her, songs that she grew up learning in her church at a very young age. And our children, that our youth that were on the trip did the same. Complete strangers at the beginning of the day, but the truest form of Christian community and Christian unity by the end of the day. This is what it means to me to live a life of love, as Paul and as Jesus invited us to do. When we live and approach experiences like our youth do, when we let Christ live in us and bring us together as we were meant to be, in unity and love, then we let Christ live in us in radiant abundance. Just like the wise and amazing youth that I have had the privilege of working with do. I have seen that in the youth of this congregation too in my short time here and look forward to the ways in which the youth of this world will continue to model for us what it means to show each other love, to be imitators of our God, and to live in true Christian unity to the glory of our God. Amen.